Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, real-life action man Ross Kemp chats about his return to BBC One in the new quiz show, Bridge of Lies, which I loved. The hilarious Jack D tells us all about Hancock, very nearly an armful, a documentary about the brummy comedian Tony Hancock. Funny man Mark Watson discusses his new online access comedy festival. All of that and so much more to come, so Vassos, kick things off and tell us who's first. From soap superstar to undisputed dawn of the documentary, he ticks all the boxes, including surprisingly frisky game show host, Celebrity Bridge of Lies. It's BBC One at 6.05pm this Saturday, and here to step on all the truths as he crosses our Bridge of Highs, he's one of the good guys. It's Ross Kemp. It's never going to end. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Sitch. How are you guys? All good, man. All good. So, Bridge of Lies, I didn't know, because I wasn't aware of Bridge of Lies Series 1. I thought it was you and another documentary around the world, Bridge of Lies, Bridge of Spies. Is that why they asked you to do it, do you think? Or? I have no idea why they asked me to do it. And it's like one of those weird things, like a left turn in life. when you, I'm, I'm indicating right, and, yeah, there's no traffic coming either way. Yeah. I'm going left. Yeah, oh, here yeah. we go. Well, I love it. I, do you? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. It reminds me of like Giant Twister. You know, it's true or false. It's penalty shootout. It's left or right. It's all those different things. So for people who don't know, um, there's a celeb special. It starts on Saturday night, five past six. It's a big show, primetime weekends on the BBC. What is it? So it's teams of four. Yep. Uh, generally friends or people that know each other. Uh-huh. And they have to get across a bridge and it's shaped like a big diamond. So there's two steps to begin with, then three, then four, then five, then it narrows again. There are truths, there are lies. Yes, yes. Step on the truths, avoid the <laughs> lies. I tell you what I think about it. When I'm, si- I'm, I'm sitting up there comparing or whatever right. I do, and I sometimes think, that's my life. Because the further you get across, the harder it becomes. Yep. And you get to the midway stage and everyone's going, oh, I haven't stepped on a lie yet. Everything's going really, really well. Then all of a sudden, these difficult things appear before you, like they do in life when yep. you get to the middle bit of your life. Uh-huh. And you start going left and you start going right. And you've got to carry on going. So, And you can go backwards. You can go backwards. If you're really confident and you know your subjects and you're lucky to, for- to get something that you know, then you do really well. Like David James, the footballer, yeah. is an expert on the breeds of domestic cats. But he's just very clever generally, isn't he? He is, actually. He's a really clever boy. He played the cello before he played rugby, before he played football, I found out meeting him. Very, very bright. And Pat Nevin was on that show, also very bright. And he said to all, he could just stride to the end anyway. He, he could. could just, he just I haven't said that. He's not as, po- as tall, sorry, as the, um, uh, the, the RuPaul race, the people that come on for that, the, yeah. the girls that come on for that. Tia Coffey is seven foot eight. And at the end of the show, what? she's seven foot eight. In, in heels, heels, with in heels, heels without in heels, heels. But she's enough. not far off it, out of them. And uh, she bent down at the end of it. She had to lean over to kiss my bald pate at the Ooh. end of the show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you're a, clearly loving it, mate. Do you know what? 
Chris, it is so different yes. from anything that I've ever approached yes. in my life. I, I love the fact that you're doing it and I love the fact that you love it. Yeah, I, I, and I think you know better than me about that kind of television. You're the king of the genre, really. You can't hide, mate, can you? So if you're making a documentary, <laughs> I, I will tell, obviously, it's all about the truth. Yes. But, you know, if things go slightly wrong, when we get back in the edit, we can sort of, like, take that bit out. When you're doing a game show, you do, or a quiz show, sorry, there's no room. I know. Or a live, that sort of live TV that you do. There's no room. You have to be as honest and transparent as you are, or you are found out very yeah, and quickly. and you've got to know when to shut up as well, because you can't talk over a question or you can't talk over a dramatic moment, because it's all about moments, isn't it? And you let, have to let that moment exist on its own on the telly. Totally. And I thought it was going to be easy. And it's a bit like patting your head, stroking your tummy and tap dancing at the same time. But you honestly, you seem to have taken to it like a duck to water. Bizarrely. <laughs> By the way, you're not comparing. You know what I'm saying? You're hosting. I'm, sorry, I'm hosting. That's, that's, I'm hosting. You're a game show host is what you are. And, and the befores and afters, you know, what's it like? What, what's the gang like that make it? Is, it seems, no, they're lovely. Yeah, it's it seems like, to come across. I don't know. Yeah, you all sense these things. Yes, yeah, and it's true, isn't it? You, yeah. know, you know when it's going well because everyone feels good and it come, bounces back. And, and they that, stick around afterwards because when they all leave quickly, you go, oh... Yeah, and Nobody. no one wants to leave. Yeah, Everyone wants to hang around. Um, it was a bit like when you used to do TFI. You know, yeah. that's it's not that kind we of party party. We used to hang till the next show. I, <laughs> which I was remember, a week away. <laughs> I remember. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it's a great team at STV. It's BBC STV kind of collaboration. But, you know, just the normal weekday ones, people just like the show. And, you know, also, Chris, I'll say this. The money is not massive compared to other game shows. But it was life changing to some of those people. Yeah, of course, the place, of course. You know, and, and and there were tears in eyes at the end. There's one moment when one particular mum, everyone falls by the wayside, and she brings it in at the end, and like she wells up. I, I so she always, goes, I go. Always teams of four. Sorry. Always teams teams of four. Always teams of four. Always yeah. people that sort of know each other, whether they're colleagues, right. whether they're family. You often get a little bit of soap dynamic going on. You can see who's the alpha in the family or who thinks they are, and. Um, so yeah, you get you get a bit of intrigue into the, the dynamic of the family. It's physical, so people have got to walk across it. You've also got a lot of play along in it. Yeah. I, honestly, I enjoy it. So, um, what else is on the horizon, my friend? So I've been I've been uh, shipwreck uh, treasure diving. Uh, so finished in the Red Sea, which was I've never dived. I've most of the diving that we do is in the British Isles, so the visibility is zero sometimes. Um, so. You literally feel like you're falling off a building when you go down the shot line because you can see the wreck, even though it's 50 metres below you. And you get it's kind of like overwhelming in terms of your senses. And to have that kind of visibility is also, in a way, more dangerous than having limited visibility because you think you can go further. Right. But you've got to be so careful at your depth because... Uh, I've never dived at all. So, for instance, if you're, if you're diving at 30 metres, you have only you can only be down there on a normal double double tank, probably if I'm yabbering away under there, you can only be down there for, for about 20, 20 minutes. Right. If you exceed it by two minutes, you've got to do another five minutes of safety stops. Right. And that's when you start running Is that decompression? Yeah, you have to stop you getting the bed. Well, what's, the, what's the hairiest non-confrontational situation you've been in in all your adventures? Oh, God. Well, we got... 
we got we got a bit into an issue on Plymouth Plymouth Sound this 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 year. So we're wearing full face masks. So you breathe out your CO two into a larger space rather than going straight out of a reg into the water. I was trying to get a piece of lead up with the archaeologist I was working with, and both her and I had a CO two hit. So basically, the 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 valve at the side of the, the open face mask wasn't getting rid of the CO two quick enough. So she sparked out. We had a safety diver and a cameraman. But then I was on my own, and I just like sort of like started seeing stars. And when when I eventually got up and we got out, your lungs feel like you've been running in the freezing cold. Right. But you know that that sensation goes away. I'm laying in the Nova Hotel in in, in Plymouth on the bed, going, I'm too scared to go to sleep because this still feels like this five hours later. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, really. little things like that. Good for you. All right, Ross. Um, don't leave us alone next time. Thank you, man. You're awesome. You're awesome. Uh, Bridge of Lies, Celebrity Bridge of Lies, Saturday, uh, five past six, um, and on BBC One and the iPlayer thereafter. Bridge of Lies season two uh, from Monday, and it's um, stripped across the weeks from Monday. That's a week on Monday, Monday 23rd, BBC One and the iPlayer as well. That was Ross Kemp. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Next on the show, another legend. Vassus, over to you. We found our next guest in the aisle marked National Treasures. He's an award-winning comedian making a show about an award-winning comedian. Hancock, very nearly an armful, hits gold at 8pm tomorrow so you can keep your jacks A, B and C. We've got... Jack D. Very good, Vassos. Yeah, nicely done. Thank you. You all right with those puns? That was great. That's okay, yeah, isn't it? No, it's no, okay. that's good. That's good. I'm glad to have been in a shop somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Jack D. Hancock, very nearly an armful. Okay, so that's the name of the documentary. I watched it last night. 90 minutes. It was absolutely brilliant. I love, by the way, I love the brake bumpers. I love the sort of 60s graphics coming in from either side. It's awesome. But the actual juice uh, in all of it, fantastic. For people who don't know Jack, why? is this called very nearly an armful well that is that alludes to uh, a line in one of his most famous um, episodes uh, the blood donor where he's asked to give a pint and he says a pint that's very nearly an armful that's uh, the famous line that he came up with yeah so that's that, that's the tony tony hancock the the genius and for me i think uh, the kind of godfather of of, of british sitcom uh, he was there before anyone else. If you're interested in any genre of anything, you kind of tend to want to go back, don't you? Like everyone goes, takes music back to the Beatles or to Elvis, uh, you know, and if you want, you can take the blues all the way back to Robert Johnson. Well, you know, in comedy terms, that's what Tony Hancock is. And that's, the, that's how big he is as, 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 as a figure in, 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 our, in our comedy world. All right, so that's, that's all very interesting. If we tried to go back further than Tony Hancock, would we? Could we? Well, you, inevitably you could. Yeah, you could go way, way back, I suppose. But uh, you'd go back to Music Hall and, you know, no, but Max Miller's. Telly-wise. Can we go... Telly, te- no, good, good. No, not really, no, because um, 60, 1961, he hit the screens with Hancock. So that's really early in television history and, it's pro- and it is the biggest sitcom, the, early, the earliest huge sitcom. So, no, in that respect, no, you can't. All right, listen, I want people to dive into the deep end here. Hancock, very nearly an armful. So this is the... Do- which will, I think will get you to the shows. So UK Gold have this show on tomorrow, 8pm. It's a brilliant watch anyway. It's a great Saturday night watch if you want to save it till Sunday because you can do now. Now you can save it you know, till whenever in the rest of your life. But watch this and it will really 
sort of grab you. It will sort of immerse you into the mad mind and the mad world and the other brilliant minds around Hancock at the time. And then that will throw you forward to these reruns that are going to take place next week on UK Gold of Hancock's Half Hour, Hancock the Show. What exists still that we can replay? Well, the, what, what exists excitingly is that two of the episodes, uh, The Blood Donor, which you just talked about, and the, another episode called 12 Ang- Angry Men have been colourised. So these amazing, clever people have, have gone through, you know, literally frame by frame and, and turned it into a colour edition. And watching that, it just comes to life in a way that you would never expect. When you watch an old black and white, even though it can be good, there's always that filter in front of you that you're thinking, oh, this is old, it's archaic because it's black and white, and it's a distraction. With that taken away, it's suddenly you're just not taken away by that anymore you're just watching and listening to the comedy um so it's well worth a watch and they get shown after the documentary actually they're they're doing them then all right on saturday as well yeah all right that's fantastic it's it's interesting that you remind me of a prejudice that i had as a kid to black and white movies because you just couldn't get past the fact they were black and white you know and that's why kids like cartoons because they're even more color than color and that's why we like american tv because american tv was a bit more colorized than you than our television, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that kind of Technicolor feel to it. It was a bit, was yeah. a bit sort of um, sort of unfocused around the edges, wasn't Certainly, it? Certainly, uh, early colour television was not like proper colour at all. I've never seen those colours ever again. I don't know what they did with them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Tony Hancock. Hancock's half hour was what he became most famous for. The Blood Down Sketch is probably one of his most famous, 12 Angry Men, and there's Radio Hammond and all other kind of famous uh, skits and sketches that he was in. But before it got onto the telly, it was a radio show, and that's where it starts. It was a radio show. It started on the radio and uh, about, I think, 1958 and, uh, or no, earlier than that, in fact, it was, it was earlier than that. Um, and he was with Ray Galton and Alan Simpson, his writers. Um, and it was a huge, huge hit. So it wasn't uh, any surprise that it went to telly when telly kind of became a thing. Um, and it had regularly had ratings of 20 million. Can you imagine 20 million people? That's like a, ro- a royal wedding. That's You wouldn't normally get ratings like that any other time. And barely anybody had a telly. No, well, so, this so, is it. People would go round to each other's houses and watch. Apparently pubs would empty out and people would go home Well, the landlords didn't like it, did they? There was outcry. It would have been, exactly. You know, wouldn't you love to have that effect <laughs> on landlords? So, <laughs> well, they need all the help they get at the moment. But yeah, I know that's what true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he came from, you know... We've talked, you talk on your documentary about the fact, you know, he's the everyman who has ambitions above his uh, ability. Uh, But what's wrong with that? Because don't we all, as some of us more than others, I suppose, and some people have more ability than their ambition, which is really frustrating for those of us who don't. Mm -hmm. And then you look at John Cleese's character, Basil Fawlty, and then you look at Del Boy, and you mention all this in the show. And what's really interesting about the John Cleese character is that John Cleese's character, Basil Fawlty, has a small hotel, a boutique hotel in Torquay, around that area, and Hancock was brought up in an actual hotel in Bournemouth. Yeah, so it's all there's there's a there's a kind of... Synergy. A synergy there going on, which is a nice thing, and and you're right to uh, to mention. I mean, with with Basil Fawlty, is there there there, there are shades of the Hancock thing, that Hancockian uh, desire to better yourself and be. Do you remember Basil Fawlty's wonderful thing where he does um, the the gourmet night at the hotel, <laughs> and he puts an advert out in the paper, and at the bottom he puts no riffraff. And that's that that for me is 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 kind of has to be an influence of of wanting to always be better than you possibly can be, and it's a very British thing as well. It's a a lot of it is I think. Tied in with um, our class system yeah, totally. and trying to how, overcome. How dare you? 
trying to overcome those invisible barriers. You know, Captain Mannering is another one yeah. who who is who is held back and obsessed with his status. And that was very much Hancock. Um, Jack, it's a brilliant documentary. It's great to see you again. Um, do you think they chose you because in real life uh, he was miserable and on telly he pretended to be happy and on telly you pretend to be miserable but actually you're really happy? I think in reality they chose me because I was by far the most available <laughs> comedian. <laughs> Anything else you want to say before? before no, thank you about? very much for having me. It's lovely to see you again. It's great to see you, Jack. And it's a really, really brilliant documentary. It's very filmic. It's superb. Hancock, very nearly an armful tomorrow. Even if you've never heard of the guy, watch. It's awesome. 8pm on gold. And then after that, colourised um, highlights from his life, his career. And from this... I mean, it wasn't exactly a one-man revolution, uh, there was nothing to revolt uh, to, to, to revolt against. I don't suppose um, it was a three-man trailblazing, wasn't it? They were ice breaking, weren't they? Ice breaking. He was. He was. Uh, yes, he, he was an adventurer in the path of comedy that we must all look up to. All right, Jack. Great. Happy Friday. Thank you to you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Our first guest of the year is frankly. Flipping funny. He is an award-winning comedian who's currently curating the first ever virtual comedy access festival where working from home just became smirking from home. So please welcome a man who'll make you laugh in the bath. It's elementary, my dear, Mark Watson. All right, Mark. And none of those slogans were done by me, by the way. You, that's all. You've just handed that to me for free. Unbelievable. Yeah. Smirking from He's home. He's in a very giving mood today. He really is. Cyber experience. That's gold. That's pre-PR that you've just done for the festival. So, Mark, Access Festival, um, was it born in COVID, out of COVID, post-COVID? Yeah, sort of. It was born of a revelation during COVID, which was that we did so much online comedy and loads of people really, uh, loads of comedians enjoyed it because of the sort of level of interaction with the audience is surprisingly high. But also loads of people at home got really into it. Um, and because there's a sort of a strange sense of community that built over the chat groups. And, you know, often if you're doing a, a Zoom gig, you can see the faces of the people uh, in the windows, but then you can you can see them chatting with each other with you. So it doesn't suit every comedian, but if you're like me and sort of permanently obsessed with what the audience are thinking, uh, online is actually a really good platform to do it. And uh, I got involved with various kind of cult-ish things during it. But then after the pandemic, well, touch wood, <laughs> after the, the worst bit, after we came out of lockdown, a lot of uh, the comedy industry started acting like it didn't matter anymore. Like, like online Zoom gigs were sort of a fad. And a lot of the people that have been watching them said, no, we want this to continue because uh, loads of people can't get this. Why it's called Access, this festival. A lot of people either aren't healthy enough mentally or physically to get out of this or it's expensive or you can't get childcare. There's loads of people basically that want to, I'm going to use it, or, laugh in the bath. Yeah, or you can't be bothered. <laughs> or you can't be bothered. That's I, the bottom line. I really don't blame you. Yeah, all the, every time you, you do a theatre tour, you'll... If, even if it's sold out, you'll see empty seats, and you know it's people that had a hard day at work, and then when they got home, looked at each other and went, "So no, just not, not tonight." And, and I don't. Whereas with an online show, you can just three minutes before decide to log on and fair yeah. play. You know, basically, none of this is. I still, obviously, I'm touring theatres. I still love doing that and getting out there. But there's a whole world of online stuff which we can all be doing and, and building those communities which and we can have both basically we can have it all and it's live and exclusive and it's not live and there's sort of gold there for, from a series of a sort of um, uh, videography of, of gigs gone by yeah so the whole thing is uh, the festival's called Access and it's all hosted on uh, Next Up and almost all the shows are 
live in the room so you're interacting with the comedian I say in the room they're not in not physically in your room obviously although I suppose the next step for this is just to go Could door be. to door if you win yeah. the monthly competition literally knocking on people's bathroom doors yeah. saying would you like a laugh in there your yeah. sets uh, access yeah. your sets <laughs> yeah there'll have, we'll have to, there'll be some legal paperwork to get through before we can uh, before we can officially uh, take possession of people's homes but yeah also next up on their website have a massive archive of, and they stream stuff all the year round they did it in the Edinburgh Festival I do think that it's quite easy now to stream stuff live and reach that audience. And um, obviously, it is great being in the room. Like it's, it's, it depends on the room, actually. Live gigs in people's bathrooms are quite difficult to pull off just because capacity. But it, I mean, it, it, nothing will ever quite replace the sort of the comedy club vibe, the theatre atmosphere. But it is, there's a sort of different pleasure from knowing. We've had somewhere there's like a thousand people, all in different countries. Uh, different time zones, and that you couldn't do in a, in a no, regular theatre show. No, you are I love part that. of a gang, and people love being part of a gang. Yeah, I've, I've seen people form friendships and gangs and, you know, subgroups across continents. Some of them have never met, or they, they then come over and meet for the first time. So I think I think building something online is a really nice sort of supplement to what we do with live comedy. Um, and it just brings more people in, basically. It's why it's called Access. I feel like live comedy... A lot of people have been shut out of it for loads of reasons. Or they just live in the wrong... There's people that live in sort of Bermuda or, to be fair, just like near Hull, and there's just not that much happening. <laughs> I'm not saying there's nothing in Hull. I'm just... Uh... Well, it's a very nice place to go, as I'm sure you're aware. It is, actually, yeah. Uh, but, um, no, but, but also... You might not want to go to a comedy club or a bar. I mean, I yeah, love exactly. them. I love them, but I'm sort of over them because I did 20 years of it and I wouldn't swap a second. Oh, I but I still want totally. the juice, but I don't want the journey. Exactly. You see you see people on these shows where they've got a baby in their lap or like a dog. Sometimes it's just a dog, no person. And you do sort of think, <laughs> these guys aren't getting into the clubs. And yeah, also some people... A comedy, a comedy, even a comedy venue like my theatre shows, where it's quite a benign atmosphere. Still, not everyone wants to be in a crowd of three hundred people. And yeah, the queuing, the parking, the crowds at the bar. A lot of people just aren't in a place in their life where and they also, want that. If they, you have you got know. kids, you know, it's bath time. You, if the if the gig's on at half seven, you know, you can finish bath at seven twenty nine, and you straight to the gig. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the deal. You, that's you could the just deal. You'd be having your dinner during it. It's just a, it is, a, and it's it's the way we do a lot of stuff. Like podcasts and things are so popular because you can be doing anything at the same time. I'm not suggesting. I'd rather people weren't sort of mowing the lawn while I'm on stage, but you know, fair play. But you, you can wouldn't be. be against it. I wouldn't be against. It. In fact, it's great sometimes when I did one last week and uh, there was a guy in Adelaide in South Australia on a bus. He was on a bus for eleven hours, so for the two hours of the show, we just we kept going back to him. We looked out of the window of his bus. Stuff like that is, See, is that's great. Funny, man. I love it when people are doing weird stuff during the show. And because you're actually. doing this now, you are becoming sort of um, uh, fluent with the the currency. You know, technically and sort of situationally at your fingertips. Absolutely. The more so you, do you have it, the, the more confidence you, yeah. to tell him to look out the window and. Absolutely. When we started doing Zoom gigs, everyone, and it's why a lot of comedians dismissed the idea because the first ones were mostly awful. You couldn't work out how to get the sound. Yeah, and you also, know. it's new learning. Who wants new learning? Exactly. Know? We're all, I'm in my 40s. I don't want to learn a new thing. No, thanks. <laughs> but the first few times I saw Zoom and all of them, I was, all these things, I, the first time someone said clean feet, I was like, no, I'm, again, I'm 40. I'm not. But yeah, pretty quickly, as you say, you develop a culture. Then the next time you do that show, the other people have got on buses deliberately. That, that sort of stuff. That It reminds me a bit of what you used to do on the telly actually that that thing where it it builds its own culture its own language and then the following week people are already doing it more and more yeah. th- th- that kind of tear for friday the thing the mistake like- the mistake you don't want to make there if you can if i don't you don't mind me saying 
is it d- then doesn't take care of itself because <laughs> that's what I did. I put a bit of work in for the first couple of years and then they'll, oh, it's its own community now. No, no, you've still got to water it and you've still got to give it the right amount of sunlight and things like that. Yes, that is the thing. And I do commit quite hard to these things and that's why I um, uh, basically go mad, but in a sort of uh, fairly <laughs> pleasurable way. You've always been mad. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I might as well channel it. You're, you're joyfully mad is what you are. Right, Mark, we've got to go. We're nearly up on time on the show, not just uh, with this chat. Anything else you'd like to say to people listening? Uh, well, just to say, yeah, do, do get on involved online comedy. It, you know, it's all the world talking about a gang and stuff, and it is that, but there's no aspect of it that's, like, too cultish. Or, you know, you can go in, and, and it's a very welcoming community as well. So, yeah, I reckon next up is the place you want to be. And, um, yeah, give it a go. I all think right. it's exciting. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already, but still to come, the wise and wonderful Dr. Rangan Chatterjee helps us kickstart the new year the right way with his brilliant podcast, Feel Better, Live More. Supergrass superstar and soloist Gaz Coombs chats about his brand new album, Turn the Car Around. And our very own brand new Chief of Drive Time, Kaiser Chief Ricky Wilson, shares all about getting started hosting his brand new Tea Time Radio Treat. Let's get right back to it. Vastos is next. From 4pm this afternoon on this here Virgin Radio, I predict a riot. Yes, he is the new superstar, full-time host of Drive Time. And, of course, we need new jingles. Chris Evans at breakfast, Graham Norton at the weekend, Ricky Wilson on Drive. So please welcome the Kaiser Chief himself. It's Tricky, Ricky Wilson. Morning, Ricky. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Very well. Come at the hour, come at the man. Four o'clock this afternoon. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I didn't sleep very well, but that was to be expected. Uh, not mentally. I just felt very uncomfortable. Like, you know, when you're on a long flight and you can't, you think to yourself, I'm never going to be comfortable again. Yeah. That's, what, that's the way I feel about this job. It's no, interesting, um, no, isn't I'm, it? I'm excited. You no, know, you are excited. And with that comes nerves of the right kind, not the wrong kind. Um, uh-huh. But considering what you've done in your life, it, it, you know, if you care about something, nervousness never leaves you, does it? It's a very important thing to have. I mean, I, yeah, when you say nervous of the wrong kind, I have had those. And, uh, <laughs> but these, these are, this is good because I want it to be brilliant and I will strive to do that and it will be good. So tune in, folks, uh, whether you're driving or not. It doesn't matter. You don't need a car. No, um, absolutely. Four till seven. So do you have an idea? Is there a shape to the show? Are you going to wing it for a bit and see how it settles? Oh, I have two answers to that. One is uh, it's all planned and going ahead well and the, the answer is uh i sometimes you know because people say what's your first song going to be and to be honest i don't want to put too much sway in that because i've spent my life trying like, hooking look and too much expectation on things that make them build them up to be more important than they are so i'm kind of just going to go in and decide when i'm in stuff like that but uh, as, it, as it goes i mean i'm just gonna you know do, do what you've been doing for years i've, I've, I've learned from the best i mean You've got you and Graham, two of the best broadcasters last twenty years on the station, and I'm, 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 I've got good company. So it just, if you listen to enough Virgin Radio, you, you kind of you can learn your craft. Yeah, no, well, we're very excited. We're all very excited for you, and we are with you, and we're behind you, like a thousand percent. You've done it before, though. I mean, you know, so so it's not like you've never done this before. You've done this show before. You've done this one. That, you've done the one you're you're taking over. That is true. It's not like it's it doesn't feel like my first day, which is very good. And I did come in on Thursday uh, and Friday last week just to hang about and see how the coffee <laughs> machine works. And uh, yeah, I have done it before, and it's it's a lot of fun. And the thing is, it's one of those 
it's one of those nerve situations where you are very nervous until the fader goes up, and then it seems like it's just um, yeah. a very enjoyable ride. And actually, I can see, I'm looking at the shard out of my window right now, so I kind of feel like I can, That's I can see you all. That's good. I like that a lot. And it's interesting because, you know, when you're doing a show like you're taking over today, Drive Time tonight with Ricky Wilson from 4, and for a long, long time, this is a proper big um, old contract with Ricky. When you take another job like this, as opposed to saying, you know, you do taking over a Saturday night TV show for an hour, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you, first of all, you know, an hour, it's more concise. Uh, it, therefore, it has to be, uh, by its own definition, more sclerotic, you know, less sort of flexible. Um less malleable, but by the end of, by 7 o'clock tonight, you'll have done three hours. You know, by Friday, you'll have done 21. Yeah. So so you rack up the flying hours pretty quick, Ooh, yeah. you know, and well, your, your show finds you as much as you find it. Well, th- there is that, and that's the reason that I really love radio. It's one of the last bastions of that kind of thing happening where it, it, it changes as it goes along. And, there's, you know, having a plan is great. I, I say always have a plan, but always be open to letting go of that plan and seeing where it takes you because that's where the magic happens and that's why people still listen to radio and still enjoy it and it doesn't seem as uh, claustrophobic as yeah. a lot of kids. You know, I, I, love, I love streaming services and I love watching TV, but there is that element you think, I wish I was doing this at the same time as all my friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, great. I can't wait, Ricky. I cannot wait. I'm not going to take up any more of your time this morning. What are you going to do between now and four? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. That, that is, I mean, I, lo- I love doing your show. Because yes. literally, you're shocked away. Exactly, exactly. You're in the studio, you do it, and then it's done, yeah. and you're going, wow, now I've got the whole day. With the drive time thing, it's like you're just like twiddling your thumbs, going, I know, I know. something massive to do in the afternoon. So, yeah, yeah uh, that was what I, re- I really did enjoy that about the breakfast. It was, it is good, that, isn't it? Getting, it's getting great, and you don't have the way when I do it. Well, begun is yeah. half done. If you start as early as we do, it's completely done. Um, yeah, you need to take up golf, probably. That's what you need to do. <laughs> oh, no, I'm no, not that rich. rich. Seriously, four, <laughs> four till six uh, hours. Um, you tee off at like eight o'clock every morning. Mm. You have, you know, you have a little Swifty or a shower, and then you're in for your drive time show. I mean, it's either that or it's all going to go pear-shaped. Well, there's always that option. And you know what? Everything going pear-shaped has been an option for me for the last 20 years. And and it it keeps me me on a knife edge, which is where I like to be. Good. All right. Well, he's on a knife edge and he's also on Virgin Radio. Good luck, Ricky. We'll all be tuning in. Lots of love. Thank Thanks you so very much. much indeed. Yeah, tune in to The Knife Edge with Ricky Wilson, 4 till 7, Monday through Friday. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He's the GP who's turned general practice into great podcast and your health is always his top priority. Feel Better, Live More is five years old this month and recently celebrated its 125th million downloads. So let's sit down for a nice Natterjee <laughs> with a Chatterjee that Matterjees. It's Rungan Chatterjee. All right, Rungan, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for that intro, Bassos. Very Pleasure, Rungan. grand podcaster. Um, so if we are with somebody who gives birth, can we do anything to help if we have no other pr- pr- you know, uh, prior qualifications or experience? Um, I guess it depends on what stage of birth they're at <laughs> and what's going on, but... I guess just be with them, be present, uh, hold their hand, give them support. It's probably the best thing you can do. Can we do anything down the business end or do we just leave it to nature? Uh, I'd probably leave it to nature if you've Maybe never done it before. Get your smartphone out. What would you do? Uh, well, I, you know, as a medical student, we have to deliver lots and lots of babies. <laughs> right. um, so, Do you remember your first one? 
No, do you know what I do remember? I remember the first time I saw a cesarean section. Oh, wow. And I think I was in the Royal Infirmary of Edinburgh and I was, I don't know, fourth year medical student. And I just thought it was the most incredible thing. I had all my scrubs on and then they literally just cut open the stomach and pulled out a baby. Yeah. And at that time, it just blew my mind. I thought, wow, it's it can be that simple. Yeah, it can be that simple. Uh, so I do remember that. That's kind of imprinted how into my brain. How would you forget it? <laughs> yeah, sure. how would you forget that? Uh, Rungan, uh, we love you, Rungan. We really love you. We love your family. We love everything you do for us and everything you do for the world. So thank you for that. Um, your big three for 2023, be more present, number one. Number two, run the London Marathon in under six hours. <laughs> number three, let go more. Right, what are you going to do to be more present? Well, I think just being aware that presence Presence is really what life is all about. I'm learning more and more, Chris, as I get older. Like, because every great and enjoyable experience in life comes when you're present, you know. And for many years, and, you know, this is something that comes up on my podcast quite a lot, I think about the concepts of high performance because we associate the term high performance with athletes and business people, for example. But we all want high performance in our lives. You know, Rachel, you probably want high performance as a mother, You know, I want high performance as a father, uh, as well as a doctor and a podcaster. But to me, high performance means presence. Because I learned a few years ago, wrong, and there's no point if you're crushing it at work and as a doctor and on your podcast. But then if you're around the dinner table with your kids, you're still distracted and thinking about work. Yeah, you haven't arrived yet, really. Exactly. And I thought, well, that's not success. That's not happiness. So I think my quest is how can I be more present? And really, it's just that awareness. Even, you know, your team asked me that question this morning. What are these three things yeah, for yeah. 2023? It just helps orientate me that this is important to me. For, you know, one thing I'm very conscious of is phones around my family. Like I am pretty strict with no phones at the dinner table. I try when I'm around my kids not to have my phone with me much. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I will. Because those are anti-presence devices, basically, aren't they? They they pull you away. So it's just an awareness, really. And for me, Percy, Chris, um, I do meditate every morning. It's something I struggle with for many years. But I realize that even five minutes each morning, it allows me to tune into presence. And it means I'm more likely then to be present with every other part of my life. Yeah, it so, turns on the sort of present switch, if you like. It really doesn't. You know, those days where you think, oh, I don't have time today. Oh, I better just crack on with my emails or my to-do yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. You actually always feel it later. You start to be a bit more reactive. You're not as present. And when you're not present in your life, you're not really experiencing life. And I think this really is the secret to a happy and a healthy life. We can all get sort of tied up in, oh, I want to change my diet. I want to move my body more. And I'm all for these things. I'm promoting these things in my books and my podcasts all the time. But actually what sits on top of all of them for me is presence. Can you be present with everything? Even the, not only the good in your life, but also the bad in your life, right? The things that aren't going to plan. Can you be present with that? And curious about them and not shy away from them and yeah. dive into them, you know, and a lot of this is to do with, you know, I haven't got any shoes on at the moment. I know you've been a, a massive sort of connected to the ground barefoot yeah. advocate for a long, long time, you know, and the reason I do this is because it just gets me away from, it's, you know, my toes, the furthest part of my body away from my brain. 
And that's really important, isn't it? Because, it really is. Because that's where the roots are. That's where the roots are. That's, you know, I'm six foot six and a half, Chris, right? So, so you're the, even further away. Yeah, the, the, the distance <laughs> from my brain to my uh, big toe is huge. Yeah. And, you know, moving to being more barefoot, wearing barefoot shoes about 10, 11 years ago has been transformative for me on many levels. Yes, on my back. But... It goes beyond that. It goes beyond the physical benefits. It is that grounding, that connection. Um, I feel I've spent much of my life in my head, overthinking, over planning, right? And the more I can ground myself, that includes not wearing shoes, being present with the ground, basically. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, one of the one of the things I think people get when they start spending time more barefoot, whether it's barefoot shoes or just barefoot in the house is it automatically makes you more mindful and present just of walking. Yeah. Because you can suddenly start to feel the ground. And if you're wearing big, thick, cushioned shoes, you are insulating yourself from the ground. It's a shock absorber, isn't it? That's what it is. It is. And again, there can be benefits of that. Everything in life has got pros and cons. So there can be some pros. But the more you feel, the more you can use the information you're getting back. Yeah, for sure. So, (laughs) you know, I'd say presence really is the thing that... um, I want more off. Uh, Rongham, we've literally got no time left. Uh, would you like to say, what would you like to say before you, you say goodbye to everyone? Hey, guys, listen, check it out. It's called Feel Better, Live More. It's on all the platforms, usual places, YouTube if you prefer watching them. But if you want to improve your life this year, health or happiness, I promise there is an episode for you that's going to help you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Super cool, super fly, super all right. He's the former super grass frontman continuing to make big waves as a solo performer. His latest album, Turn the Car Around, is out today and here with his new single, Long Live the Strange. Buckle up, everyone, as we hit the gas cooms. Two, three, four. Long Live the Strange. Well, I'm with you Oh, so don't ever change When you start under the moonlight Oh, right Long live the strange Cause I love you yeah, beautiful. Huge round of applause. See, we can't hear the applause. Get in the control room. Let's do it again like we did last year. Come on, get in the control room. This is genuine, heartfelt control room. Round of applause. <laughs> there you go. That was great. Gaz, good morning. Welcome hey, to the show. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Okay. I'm very well. Good. Very nice to see you. Congratulations on the amazing reviews, the new album. Oh, you nice, got the man. tour going. It's going good. I'm, I'm, I'm raring to go. You yeah, know? are you pumped? I'm pumped, yeah. I've been yeah. sat around all Christmas, New Year, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I want to I kind of see people and meet well, people, play on a stage. Where you know? did you strike the goal that are these three? We've known each other for a long time, right? Yeah. You know, we, uh, not the Foxies, not the Roxies, just Roxies. <laughs> Sorry, I can only yeah. apologise. I'm too enthusiastic for my own good. We'll take Foxy. Yeah, good. Okay, good. So I hear Thanks. that this album is seven years in the making. Is that right? Ish. Uh, it's a slight Percu- misquote. Percolating. Maybe. Well, yeah, you know the seeds. The seeds. Were planted uh, in 2015 with Matador, I guess. Right. Yeah, when uh, just just in terms of like approach, songwriting approach, and 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 the, uh, the the process of recording and stuff. I think I started that in 2015, and it's kind of continued 
into this record, yeah, yeah. And we all got a bit of spare time, didn't we? I think it was, do you remember it was called COVID or Corona? Mm-hmm. I don't know, the Rona thing? Well, I don't know what it was. But you, we all had some spare time. Yeah. We had more space, head space, hand space, space space. Well, it was all the face, <laughs> space, wasn't it? And this gave you a chance to get this down in the end. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, I was on the Supergrass reunion that started in 2020. Yeah. That was supposed to be one year and then... Obviously, yeah, COVID hit, and then it sort of delayed everything. How but many gigs did you was, get out there? Oh, we did. Well, we did a little sort of tour. Well, we did a tour at the start of 2020. Right, March. just before. Oh, March was it, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. Oh my goodness! And then me. it all just kicked in. Do you remember then, the moment when you were told you you couldn't tour? You'd have to stop. Uh, not really. I think I think I remember a moment when we were we were up north. We, oh, I think we were up in Scotland, and it started. The news started to get a bit weird. Yes. And I remember talking to Danny and Mick, just sort of going, "What do you reckon? Do you this think this might... is a thing?" Yeah, really odd to sort of remember that moment and uh, and just sort of feel the scale of it. I guess. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, a week later, it was. It was, and it was when all... did you accept, like we all did at some point, <clears throat> that this was now different and it was worldwide and it was something that will go down in the history books and, and therefore start something else that, you're, that, that we're, we're enjoying the culmination of now? Well, I suppose, yeah. I mean, as soon as, you know, we're all told to stay at home. I mean, I was actually, I was quite lucky in terms of I've got a builder who lives next door to me. Right. And he had no work. I had no work on, oh. and so he helped me build a little studio. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so funny. So just across the way from the house, we sort of like just converted this garage. Space. Have you, do you have had a home studio before? Um, yeah, just within the house. Yeah, different rooms in right. the house uh, over the last five, six years. I've had How is it spaces. being a musician and having a builder next door? Um, well, clearly he's not already. He's not always building, is he? Well, I'm stupid am I? <laughs> <laughs> he's not always building his no, own no, house. I don't build. <laughs> I build away from home. <laughs> I can't work Don't from work home. Don't work from home. <laughs> what, like, just wake up at, like, sitting in his, like, hammering and stuff? I'm yeah. a DJ, I'm stupid, you know that. I've got half a brain cell. Um, so yeah. you are, you're embarking on a tour. You took, you've got mm. a gig tonight, haven't you? You've got loads of gigs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing some in-stores, visiting. Love in-stores. You know, Love independent in-stores. record stores. You, you, yeah. Foxes, you out with him? Yeah. Roxy's are you out with him um, tonight. Uh, yeah. So Banquet Prism, Kingston tonight, 7pm, and then Rough Trade Bristol. Uh, tomorrow then we're looking at Nottingham for the next week, and Manchester, and Phase 1 in Liverpool, and Brighton, Oxford, and Southampton. And then March, you go further afield, you go to Central Europe, which is great. Mm. Um, Excited about that. It, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, to be in a band is one thing, but to be in a band that travels, that travels well, as mm. opposed to people, you know, being more sort of domestic, that's got to be fun, man. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I never tire of it. You know, I mean, it's just... Look at this. Know, it's experiences, isn't it? It's France, kind of, Switzerland, Germany, about. Milan, you know, mm. Denmark, and then Dublin, and then you're back here. So where, where do you travel best to? Uh, meaning... Where'd you go down? You're like... Oh, right, go we down. We had a band mm. in a couple of weeks ago uh, who, who were really, like, massive in Norway. Can't remember who it was, but, like, massive yeah, yeah, in Norway. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I think I'm, I'm actually I'm quite surprised at how many German shows I've got because, like, classically, it's not been the greatest uh, uh, market. <laughs> but no, it's it's really what, good for you mate. in the past. Yeah, but it's but good they to, but Germans they know. love their music and they're big venues as well. It's like what's going on? But uh, that's great. Uh, Italy's going to be great. Uh, Paris is always a special one. But I got family. My brother lives in Paris. He's been there. Uh, my brother and his I family. Like they've, they've been there for twenty odd years. So they're kind of French now. So. Um, Paris is always. Great. I like the cultural cut of your jib, you know, because you say Paris, you say Berlin. These sense of, you got you going on the road with him. Yeah. God, what a laugh. Uh, well, guys, great to have you here, uh, oh, ladies. Great to meet. Have lovely. the best tour. Thank you. Have a lovely Friday night tonight. Oh, and, cheers. Um, please don't leave it so long next time.
All right, nice one. Thanks Cheers, for having guys. us. Uh, let's give um, a shout out once again to every everything that people need to know. Here we go. <coughs> Single Long Live the Strangers out now. Album Turn the Car Around is out today. And tour tickets and info at gazcoombs.com. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.